Thank you for joining for this episode of the Techspective podcast. Uh, my guest this week is Bharat Jogi from Qualys. So Bharat, if you could uh, just introduce yourself, share a little bit about your role at, uh, at Qualys. Sure. Uh, thanks, Tony, for inviting me on this podcast. Uh, it's certainly nice talking to you. Uh, my name is Bharat Jogi. I he, I head the uh, vulnerability and threat research at Qualys. Ever since my high school days, I was interested in uh, cybersecurity. I was always passionate about cybersecurity. Um, I started very early doing CTFs, uh, load analyzing uh, malware, uh, viruses, etc. I started my professional journey um, in cybersecurity back in 2006. Uh, and I joined Wallace as a security researcher analyzing and reverse engineering vulnerabilities. Um, and now I had the Qualys uh, global team of uh, security researchers. All right. So I, I guess that, you know, so, I mean, I've, I've, I've talked with other researchers. I, I work in the industry, so I understand, you know, at, at a you know conceptual level how that how that works. Mm -hmm. um, but give me a little bit about, uh, you know, I guess a little bit of detail on how your team is made up. But then also, I'm curious. Just you know, uh, you know, when you you wake up, you go to work, you 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 start doing what you do. Um, mm -hmm. How do you, uh, you know, how how are you basically identifying? Like, how do you how are you deciding what to research? Exactly. Uh, so uh, to give some details about the quality security research team, uh, our team is spread across, across the, the globe. Uh, we have uh, researchers in different parts of the US, uh, in India, Spain, UK, France. Uh, so primarily, you know, like our team is uh, spread across the globe. And primarily our researchers, uh, you know, belong to, broadly speaking, two different uh, groups. Um, one group of security researchers are focused you know, they are laser focused, looking at every, uh, you know, uh, check-ins that happen. We obviously have a ton of monitoring and uh, feeds that we have subscribed to. We have built our own monitoring, social media monitoring uh, tools so that our researchers are alerted of anything and everything that is happening out. Uh, and their focus is primarily, you know, looking at what is happening out there? What are the critical vulnerabilities that are disclosed on a daily basis? What is the, like once a uh, vulnerability is disclosed, how large is the, how many, like, you know, uh, how, how it could affect, you know, our customers or like, you know, the entire infosec community in general. Um, and then they try to reverse engineer them, create detection mechanisms um, to provide, you know, countermeasures, remediation, et cetera, for these vulnerabilities. Okay. The other group of security researchers um, that we have are tasked primarily at discovering new zero-day vulnerabilities. Uh, they are, you know, reading the source code. They are doing reverse engineering. Uh, they are, you know, uh, every time Microsoft or any other prominent vendors releases patch, they are quickly, you know, reverse engineering them, uh, diffing the patches to understand, you know, how we can, how they can, you know, uh, identify more uh, zero days and, you know, then uh, this responsibility disclosed to the, uh, to the vendors. Okay. So 
it sounds like you know, so like one one group is is little, like more on the vulnerability research side, and the other side, the other group is more of a threat hunting side, which is what's sort of going to be my next question, which is was was that that difference between you know, there's one thing to, to take you know a vulnerability that's disclosed or known, and then try to do the research to figure out, okay, well, what is the scope of the impact of this, and how do we protect against this, and, and all those things, and then the other is that looking for the zero days it's 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 trying to say a step ahead uh yeah. and and when, you know and and a lot of times when i talk with people on that side of the of the research fence uh you know that involves um you know sort of being active you know uh, surreptitiously uh on the dark web and trying to pay attention to like you know okay well what 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 are the bad guys talking about yeah uh, you know, and, and trying to kind of follow those breadcrumbs, um, yeah. uh, you know, so, so, you know, that, and, and, uh, you know, to me, that's, that's more like the, 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 you know, the James Bond aspect of it. <laughs> that, that seems like the more fun version of, of kind of getting to play sort of like, uh, you know, gray hat hacker and, and kind yeah. of like get, get in there and, 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 uh, try to secretly figure out what the other guys are doing. Yeah. Um, that's, that's very, um, I, as you mentioned, you know, like a James Bond kind of a thing. Like it, it's it's very fun. We you know we monitor all this uh, uh, forums, um, what they are talking about, and and you know like oftentimes we the, a lot of funny things happen. But you know we often find uh, some really um, uh, really uh, you know uh, critical information which help us you know keep us ahead of our game. Yeah, I mean, I know, you know, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm close friends, but I'm friends with Brian Krebs and I follow Brian, you know, what, what Brian Krebs does. And, and, and it's, it's always funny to me because a lot of time he's finding, you know, he's getting in, you know, information fed to him or finding things, you know, you just find a, a, a you know, basically an information dump mm -hmm. on the web. And that's kind of your first sign that, you know, Target or Sony or whoever has been breached, like Target or Sony, don't even know they've been breached yet. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and and you know Brian Krebs or some other researcher is coming to them and being like, "Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but you know, 20 gigabytes of your data is out there on the." <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, obviously, yes, uh, there is a ton of information, information uh, available in the open source, uh, you know, intelligence and obviously a dark web forums, etc. And we try to monitor and see what uh, the uh, bad actors are talking about and you know uh, okay, that that has definitely helped us you know uh, providing our customers, our customers. Uh, with um, uh, detection as early as uh, possible so that we are identifying these threats in their environment and that's that's uh, definitely one of the one of the cores of uh, uh, what does okay um all right so let's talk then a little bit more about uh, you know, something you guys have specifically, uh, worked on, discovered. I know that, you know, that you just, you know, recently, um, you've been, you know, uh, looking at the, at, uh, Sequoia. Can you, so, so give me a little bit, um, I guess on, you know, on that, uh, can you tell me a little bit about more about Sequoia and like how you guys discovered it and what's the process that you go through in terms of, uh, you know, I, 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 
I always mix up like what's the term we're going with now. I don't think it's I don't think it's responsible disclosure. I think we got rid of that one, but it's you know, but but you know, the, I, I believe they just the. It's now called as coordinated responsible disclosure. Yes, it's the coordinated <laughs> part. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah. So 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 you know, basically, what did you find? Uh, how did you find it? And and what what sure. did the disclosure process look like? So the most recent discovery that we made, uh, as you mentioned, uh, it was named as a Sequoia. Uh, it was a uh, privilege escalation vulnerability in Linux uh, uh, kernel's file system. So, uh, component. Uh, it was it affected most of the Linux distributions in their default configuration, uh, and any unprivileged user can abuse this vulnerability to gain uh, root privileges. Um, our, our team also developed a fully functional exploit code for this, um, and you know, uh, one of the like the. Like a lot of times, you know, when researchers are disclosing those vulnerabilities, they are unable to create like a fully functional exploit. Uh, in this particular case with Sequoia, the exploitation, one of them, you know, like at least I would say uh, achievements for the team was, you know, we were able to create a fully functional exploit. Uh, now, typically, if you look at the exploit, these are, you know, like to exploit these, like the exploit code might look like, you know, 15, 20, 30 lines of code. This particular Sequoia exploit that we built, it required the exploit code itself is 2000 lines of code. Um, so the exploitation for this vulnerability was really, really tough. Uh, but our team pulled it through and you know uh, created a, a fully functional exploit. Uh, we also received a Pony nomination for this vulnerability uh, for the recently held uh, Pony Awards at uh, Black Hat uh, in the month of August. Um, in fact, our research team got five nominations uh, in the 2021 Award. And we were we also we were also declared winners in two categories. Uh, so I'm super proud of proud the team. Of the team. Yes. Um, we have some very interesting work coming uh, that the team is working on. Uh, so obviously stay tuned uh, for that. Okay. Well, you know, and kudos kudos on the uh, you know the the recognition and the accolades. You know, one of the other things that you know I I I, I know and I want to make sure the audience knows. I'm sure you know. But you know, you, you, when you, when you find the vulnerability, and you know, and you do the research on the exploit and 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 all that, and that that's one piece. But a lot of attacks today are multifaceted; they're chained together. So that you know, some so, some some vulnerabilities you might look at it by itself and say, oh, well, that's not that you know, that's not that big a deal. I mean, yes, it would be a problem if this 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 and this, but it's the it's the this, 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 and this that are 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 the issue, you know. Is that, so when when an attacker says yes, what if I can, I can get in using this exploit, and I can yeah, yeah. you know compromise this using this exploit, and then I can jump over and use this exploit, and it's, yeah. it's that it's the kind of the perfect storm, the combination of the exploits that really is, you know, the the where the risk is. Yeah. So that's definitely a very good point that you brought up, um, and. Uh, I'll, I'll give some more details uh, around, you know, like, uh, so one of the 
uh, awards that we received uh, last month for the Pony Awards uh, was for the 21 years vulnerability that we uh, that we discovered in the XM server. And and the the example that you mentioned, you know, like the change the X uh, vulnerability. So that's exactly what we demonstrated in the uh, for the XM vulnerabilities, where a remote user can exploit the XM uh, vulnerable XM server, uh, and then from there they can you know elevate privileges to get full root user, user uh, access on the affected uh, Linux machine. So we change the uh, we change the uh, code execution and the privilege escalation vulnerability. Where a user can uh, attacker can just send a couple of requests to the XM server, and he uh, can become the gain like the complete can completely take over uh, the root the root of the uh, Linux server, on which the XM server is installed. So it was also very cool, and I think uh, we received um, a Pony Award in the, the um, most underhyped vulnerability for the year 2021. Well, and 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 it, which which is interesting, and it's a, sort of you know part of the point I was trying to make is you know again that some some vulnerabilities might not seem that sexy by themselves, uh, and 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 someone who's not in security and, and and not a security researcher might look at it and kind of be like, okay, well, that, that seems kind of boring. Why would I even care about that? Um, you know, but it's a little bit like, uh, let's say on a consumer level, when it comes to privacy, there's a lot of people who are like, you know, why do I care if they know, you know, my birth date or whatever, like by itself, what are you going to do with that? And it's like, well, it's, it's not the by itself part that matters. <laughs> it's the, when they have your birth date and your name and your address and they can piece yeah. all these things together. So, you know, each one of those pieces by itself seems innocuous. It's when you put it all yeah. together that it's when, yeah, and and I think that's that's like the like uh, one of the um, researchers you know um, that I that I know. He he is very very good, good. at analyzing the information that is uh, available, that is publicly available, tying these pieces together. And we have seen, you know, uh, that, you know, based on this, they are able to create a profile of the person and use this information to, you know, guess their password. And it's incredible, like, how many times as researcher that I am, uh, that I worked with in past that, you know, he is able to tie this information together, build a profile of the individual, and then basically he's able to, you know, guess, use that information to guess passwords. So it's all kind of things are possible. Uh, so obviously, uh, I know we live in this age where, you know, people, tend to share a lot, but I think that's one thing that you know, uh, people should be mindful of when they are sharing information all over, all over the places. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things that's been driving me crazy lately, and, and uh, if you're on Facebook at all, I'm sure you've seen it, but there's this just growing trend of they seem like kitschy trivia questions like, hey, this is just fun. Let's all share. What was the first car you ever had? And I'm like, no, don't share that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Why don't you share that? And, uh, you know, and yet you go, you, you go look and there's, you know, 
575,000 responses to this, you know, to this, this quiz question or whatever. And, uh, and, and, and I've had people push back on me and they're like, look, it's like, it's some, you know, FM radio station out of Kansas city. Like, you know, they're not trying to hack you. And I'm like, okay, yes, I, I get that the Facebook account is some, some, you know, radio station in Kansas city. And, and maybe they honestly did think it was just a fun question or whatever, but I'm like, it's still sketchy. Yeah, <laughs> and you're it, still sharing this. You're still sharing information that is, you know, literally one of the like top ten, you know, security check questions. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's um, uh, and yeah, and that is why you know like uh, an ongoing debate, right? Like, like multi-factor authentication. Why we need to do this, so on so forth. So. It's it's very essential uh, that you know oh. at least in my, in opinion, my opinion you know I yeah. tend to share as less as possible, <laughs> uh, but I I know I, we all agree well, that we live in this digital age you know, we our information is all over all the place. Right. Um. So we we alluded to this uh, a little bit already in 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 the conversation we've had, but one of the other questions that I wanted to get to is sort of, you know, I, I guess it's kind of a two parter. Number one is you know, do you have an overarching, you know, is there, a, is there a, a mission statement that, you know, that, that drives what you do as the Qualys research team, but then beyond that sort mm -hmm. of, you know, in, in, with today's attacks, again, I'm, I'm going to kind of pull this back to the, the chained exploits and, and the more complex attacks, you know, what do you feel is like sort of the, the value and the importance of, uh, you know, of what you do, of the, of research when it comes to, you know, more sophisticated threat actors and these and these more complex attacks. Sure. Um, so, Tony, uh, cyber cyber criminals launch sophisticated attacks against our assets and, and are exploiting our ever increasing attack surface on a daily basis. But defending against such attacks is what drives the quality research team. As a part of our research uh, process, uh, we routinely investigate weaknesses in software packages uh, that could lead to, you know, compromise. Uh, and we responsibility uh, responsibly disclose them to the vendors. And and often in times that you know um, we have helped these researchers build patches, test these patches for them. Uh, numerous times that we have, you know, um, created these patches ourselves and provided these researchers um, uh, provide these uh, patches to the vendors so that they can, you know, if not directly incorporate these patches, they can, you know, uh, at least take the take those as a guidance. Uh, I believe security research. Um, as in Qualys' DNA, uh, Qualys recognizes the criticality of this program um, and you know prioritizes prioritizes conducting research to find vulnerabilities before the attackers do. I think that's what you know uh, drives our researchers. Uh, and in some sense, uh, you know this is our way of giving back to the infosec community uh, that has helped us thrive. Okay. Um how you know we're we're now going on you know i don't know month 18 of of the the covid pandemic uh and you know yeah. who who knows where the end of the tunnel is at this point um but obviously you know so that fundamentally changed things in, from two perspectives i think for you number one is the 
the changing the attack surface, changing like, you know, well, we'll you know, what, what do we have to look at? Because now everyone's working from home, they're on their home networks, they're using their personal computers, and that changes the dynamic of, of trying to protect them. Yeah. And then there's the other side of it, which is your team as well is, you know, working from home and work, you know, and, and is impacted by that to some extent. So, you know, basically like, you know, give me your thoughts on, you know, what has the impact of the pandemic and quarantining and, and all these things, how, how has that affected, uh, you know, what you guys do or, uh, you know, you know, investments by companies in, in research and, and things like that. Um, sure. I think in past year with this pandemic, um, it has brought significant attention to the cybersecurity. Um, I think, uh, you know, like uh, one of, one of the uh, most important things that, you know, and I think yesterday itself, CISA uh, also released some alerts. Um, uh, with everybody working from home, uh, VP and infrastructure for all the organizations, uh, you know, became a very critical component. And attackers took, they, they were very quick. Uh, I think if you look at all the, the most exploited vulnerabilities over the period of last year or so, they are affecting all, all the VM servers, like Citrix, Pulse Secure, uh, probably every one vendors were compromised. Their products had critical vulnerabilities. CISA time and again has released, you know, guidance as to how an organization can protect the infrastructure, so on and so forth. And I think. CISOs and business leaders uh, responded very well uh, to the pandemic uh, by quickly measures to maintain business continuity as well as protecting against the cyber threats. Uh, part of protecting organizations is uh, proactively finding vulnerabilities, maintaining compliance standards, and and I think the research team are the core component um, of this. And business leaders have recognized this, and at least in my opinion, they are making positive investments in building their research team. Okay, so you you know you just talked about you know kind of business leaders uh, recognizing, which which you know, kind of brings me to my my next question, which is about um, you know I, I've worked in and around and written about cybersecurity for going on twenty years. Um, I know that you know it, it the the focus on cybersecurity has definitely increased you know like more organizations today at least understand the 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 risk and and uh you know and they they know that it's a thing they should focus on a lot of them are still doing it poorly but <laughs> but they get it something um so you know I, I I'm so my question is as as security becomes more, uh, you know, prevalent, it's more of a, a an upfront conversation that organizations are having. Um, how do you see kind of the role of uh, research evolving, and 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 what you do, and and you know, and and the impact it has on kind of the future of security? Um, that's a in very interesting question, Tony. Um, as the industry is goes through this rapid digital transformation um, our environments are more hybrid than ever before um, also the attacks 
I believe, as it's very evident with the you know supply chain attacks, the ransomware attacks, um, they are getting more and more sophisticated. Um, along with this, there are new regulations, privacy laws. Um, users seek to have more control over their data. They need more transparency. Um, due to all these reasons, um, I believe the security teams are going to play more and more more vital role. Critical business decisions, if not already, they would be made around security, keeping security and privacy in mind. It's inevitable. Uh, security has to be built in, and it cannot be bolted on. Okay. Well, and and you know, there again, I would say, you know, having having been doing this for a while, I feel like we've been saying that for a while too. Like that that. Yeah. That that sentiment in and of itself isn't new. I do feel like again more. I think more people get it, and more people are are aware of that sentiment. But you know, even back when I was, you know, working as a security architect, you know, back in 2005, and mm-hmm. my jobs was developers would would write software, and there had to be a security QA check on that software before it was allowed to be uh, to be released to production. But that was the final step, basically. Mm-hmm. Like they'd already done their requirements gathering. They spent months developing the software, and then they yeah, would yeah. put it on my desk and say, "Hey, can you review this and make sure that it's secure?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, what am I supposed to do with that? You know, like at, at that point, now I'm 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 the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I go back to them and go, "Hey, look, I know you just spent nine months doing this, but no, yeah. <laughs> you can't Maybe. release this." <laughs> Yeah, but I I think more and more organizations are now adopting you know the shift left approach. You know, uh, there are tools processes in place where you know as soon as as developers are, uh, you know, at the time of just developing the code, um, and and they check in. Uh, right. The code, you know, there are like various dependency checkers, etc., to make sure that you know yeah. they are not using any, at least you know they are not using any vulnerable. vulnerable. And I think, I think uh, even I think the uh, CISA, etc., are recommending uh, all organizations now going forward, you know, provide like a software business um, so that you know, if especially this would be very helpful when you have like third party or in your environment so that you have a very good visibility into you know what 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 is something that you are buying into what are they and if those products are inherent or not i think uh, all this would be you know obviously there be bad actors i don't think that you know bad actors are going away um, but i think this would, would certainly help you know, creating and building robust security products. Okay. Yeah, I mean, things have, you know, between the secure development life cycle and just kind of more more DevOps principles and, and, and you know, more iterations of, you know, it, it, it's it's much less a, there's there's not really a beginning and an end to development. It's just an ongoing process um, that, that, that has done a lot uh, for making things more secure. Um, so, yeah. Um, so I wanted to, uh, you know, basically, you know, thank you for for joining me, um, and, uh, and just say, you know, and thank you for the, you know, the the work that you're doing on behalf of, you know, Qualys customers and the world at large. Um, 
you know, as we wrap, is there anything, any, any parting thoughts you have or any you know, question I didn't ask that you'd like to make sure we hit on? Um, no, I think we, it was definitely a very uh, good conversation. Uh, you know, uh, as I, uh, you know, I, I believe at Qualys, um we 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 are doing some quality research uh, but as you would understand you know and i think there are like every other day more or less i uh, read some articles saying hey uh, dearth of uh, um, cyber security or talent you know companies are finding hard to you know uh, find people for their security and research teams um, and while you know i am blessed that you know over the course of uh, you know uh, like we, we have a very good security research team but i would also like to use uh, you know i would also like to reach out to your your uh, viewers your listeners that you know uh, we are always uh, looking to hire um, so if you have anybody you know who would like to be part of our research team please reach out to me directly or, or to anyone at Qualys. we keep posting look and check out the careers at Qualys, um and you know, and, you know uh, help us in our mission to you know keep, you know, keep uh, protecting our uh, customers and helping the infosec community in general awesome all right well thank you very much for joining me thanks a lot tony it was really nice uh, talking to you it was a pleasure being uh, on your show I appreciate you investing your time to listen to the podcast, but I also invite you to engage on social media. Uh, please go like our Facebook page and follow at Techspective on Twitter and Instagram. You can feel free to let me know what you like, let me know what you don't like, let me know if you love it, let me know if it sucks, and uh, let me know what products you'd like to see reviewed or what uh, questions that you'd like to see answered in future posts.